0: You're listening to the CBA podcast where we talk everything basketball from club to high school to AAU to college. CBA podcast is brought to you by Chapman Basketball Academy. Your hosts are Terry Massey, Max Johansson, and Joe Chapman. Hey, good morning everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Get rolling here on a nice Monday morning. Weather's nice. Girl season's <laughs> over. Uh, uh seedings are all set. I think the boys' seedings are all set. Yep. Um, they got one more week. Uh, this Which home, is weird. Homestead play Nicolay at this week? on Thursday. At on Nicolet, Thursday, yeah, for the North Shore. Great game on uh, Friday night. Uh, battle. I, I think that high school game was
1: better than any NBA game I watched all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't. I don't really watch the NBA into the playoffs. Uh, so. <laughs> because the intensity most of the time is just not there you know sometimes it's not the players fault it mean you got three games in four days and you don't know what kind of brand you're going to be putting out there so that's why you got to play some more of these younger players Um, especially in those back-to-backs you got to get some of those younger players involved especially in the NBA but yeah that Grafton um, homestead game that was a good game to watch to attend to see the different you know, kids, the personalities on the court, you know, last time they playing each other, uh, Tim and Michael on that setting. So it was pretty, pretty cool to watch. Um, what
0: we want to do today is kinda of get into uh recruiting CBA and twenty twenty fours and you know, n- n- better place to start than that game with two of your top
1: twenty twenty fours. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, I had a long week of going to so many um senior nights. Um, you know, some people had on the same day, so you're bouncing back and forth, trying to get to as many as you can, which is, you know, most most people appreciate that, but it is kind of draining at the same time. See so um, you come in at halftime. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching games on the phone, like, all right, I got to get to this next spot. Um, but, yeah, we just got a, such a amazing group of, of individuals and kids that are now on their last leg of their high school season. So we want to make sure we pay homage to this 24-class um how we got all of them to this point and kind of reverse it and go to what we started with our twenty twenty twos, twenty twenty-threes, where are they now? You know, a lot of those kids didn't start with us, um, but they came over, we built teams and now they're playing in college. So we want to talk about, you know, um that a little bit and get into this twenty four class of um sometimes what we do as directors and as coaches is we move right on into the next group, right? And that, and sometimes that's that hurts us because they they're not just pawns, you know, on on the chessboard. You know, you have to pay homage to the people that got you to this point, and always remember how you got there. I think that's something that separates us at CBA is we don't want to forget, and we want to make sure that they go out the right way. But also, I was at Caitlin's senior night, and she was the only senior and that made me think like wow had that group of girls and she's the only one left and it was like i don't have her anymore you know and, and it's like damn it, it goes by fast so you want to you know make sure that you stay in a moment appreciate them while they're still here um but also show a little bit of home issues are there are there some players that are uh in the past that did not play for you that you helped yeah yeah we get into that as well um you know there there's players that Grace Crowley, she's a senior at UWM. She's playing, she's about to play in her senior night pretty shortly here. Um try to get to that that she didn't have any offers um at the division one level. And we we came in, she was a homestead player, um, 5'10", 5'11", point guard. Um, and you know, we worked her out. Um, Carolyn made her a highlight video. We tagged as many coaches as we We could at this early moment, I didn't really know what kind of level she was, but I knew she was special at 5'11 can move like that. I knew she was on some type of level, you know, not where she was currently getting recruited. So, you know, we helped her out and um, Coach Kyle at um, UWM saw the video. She reached out to me and we started talking about her. and We we got her to UWM. Um, And, And that happens with a lot of players. You know, I helped Chloe. Um, I helped Hannah Bellinger, you know, it's, and those players didn't play for me and that continues to happen. There's players that reach out that plays for other programs. If we have the connections, um, we're going to help them out.
0: So how does that process work then? Okay. Let's start kind of from the, from the beginning, you know, you're in high school, you want to go to that next level. They come to you, they're playing for you or whatever. What is the first, first step?
2: The first step I would assume, is just making sure that us as directors and the kid and the parents are on the same page of like kind of knowing what they're getting into and knowing what they want to do. So a lot of times we ask them to do some research on their end and just make sure kind of they know like the location of the school, the major of the school, the pros and cons. If there's like a Wisconsin connection in their staff, so we'll make them have a little excel sheet where they get their thoughts organized and just do some research on their own um so they pick, they they try to pick a school realistically yeah whether it's based on academics based on size like just you want to go to a school that you can like see yourself at and feel comfortable with out basketball there first i think that's a important thing cuz there is more to it than just yeah, the basketball I of a couple of it.
0: Couple who probably could have played at a, a higher level, but chose not to because the school was a better fit for them.
1: Yeah, and we're going to dive into that. Like the the fit matters. You know where you where you play matters. The coach the coach matters. If if their coach been there a long time, you know that's probably where we want to take you. Um, if there's a coach that's in and out, and you know they they just keep trying to move up the ladder, um, that can be beneficial. It, it can help but also it can hurt you because you're, you're going to get a new coach, but sometimes um, those coaches bring you along with them too, you know, so it can help you. It can hurt you. Um, But we try to look at um, a list of long tenure coaches who's been there, who's not going anywhere. Like we got two guys going to St. Thomas Uh, with that coach has been there. Coach tower has been there. 30 years. <laughs> so we know he's not going anywhere. Um, we got two going to Northern Michigan, you know, coach Matt, we know he's not going to, he, he loves it there in Northern Michigan. So you, you try to look for those connections that you have with coaches, knowing that they're going to be there for a while um, and knowing that they want your type of players. Yeah.
2: And going like with their list, like the relationships matter with us in the college coaches too. Cause then we have just good rapport with them in general about our kids, but if you have a list of school and then we we can kind of go through that list like oh i know this person on staff or had this player here like are we used to have a big the whiteboard in here was yeah. filled with probably 150 yep. different coaches no, names <laughs> yep, yep, yep. and numbers from like junior college up to division 1 level um just being around and Joe playing and being in the business for a little bit like yep. we have those connections so we want them to kind of do their research first and then we'll reach out on our half and then the rest of it kind of we're sending out schedules, we're making videos and then got to go play in the in the summer. And then and then are they looking to those
0: schools to go attend summer camps and and yeah, they're interested in and yeah
1: and we do that with with CBA, we sit down with the parents. Um and we we leave the month of June kind of open um for the guy side and we take a couple weeks for the girls too. Where th- that's the time where most colleges um have camps in June and some in August. So we use that time period to meet with the parents and say, all right, you need to go to a couple division ones, a couple of division twos, um, which ones are money grabs, which ones are serious, how many spots they have open. Um, so we do our research on which camps to go to for each kid. Uh, they do their research. Um, some people make trips out of it where they go on the East coast and they, they visit five schools at one time. If you're the Ivy league type of, Uh, person with the grades and things like that you go to all the ivy league schools you go to all the high level d3s that's out there as well on the east coast so you try to make a trip out of it Um, and i think that's the cool part of recruiting you know you're trying to figure out which kid um, is going to be successful there Uh, because what we don't want is the one and dones and they they figuring out there one year i got to go somewhere else or or you know this coach don't like me they got a vendetta against me. Well, kids, most coaches don't like freshmen. I mean, just, you got to prove yourself. You right? got to prove yourself. And, you know, Coach Max got some numbers with all of that. Yep. Um, but that's just a part of it. If if you're a freshman and you don't want to come home halfway through, uh, you're probably not playing for a good coach. It's really that simple. If, if you contend and you made it all the way through without any speed bumps, that's not the reality of what a 17-, 18-year-old should be going through um, their first year of college. For all the kids that are that listen and
0: stuff and want to get into this, you know, you hear all oh, this kid's got ten offers or this kid got five offers. Uh, speak a little bit about actually what the rules are, you know, as far as verbal signing, you know, because there there are rules, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky because um, it, it it works both ways, and I can break it down. Is some of them are legit offers, some of them are fake offers. What I mean by fake offers is. You might have a player who they're trying to attract another player. Um and it's like a you know, if I can't get one, I can't, you know, I can't get both. Um I'm not coming without my buddy, so you need to offer him too. Um and they use those fake offers to try to get a real offer. So they get it out there to try to get other schools as bait, um, to get a real offer. Um so that's that's happened a lot. Um And that's the tricky part of this business is trying to decipher whose offers are real, whose offers are just bait for other programs to come and get. And then for our own kids is you want to use your offers as a stepping stone of saying, this is where I want to be. If other people want to recruit me after that, that's fine. But this is not just a bait click so we can try to get something bigger Um, just as an opportunity to show all of my hard work um, and also appreciate that I did get somewhere to play, um, which is, which is pretty cool uh, to have.
2: Yeah. And I think I would say maybe most offers are probably real at some point, but if you get this offer, let's say I got it in July of 2023 and now it's December 2023, and I haven't had a conversation with that head coach or assistant coach yet, I haven't been on campus, haven't heard from him, like that offer is likely off the table for that school. Now, is that the right way to go about it By from the colleges? No, like usually you'd be like, hey, we moved on, or our recruiting landscape has changed, like that offer is no longer available. But most of the time you just don't hear from those coaches or that staff. So that would be a cue to know hey, I got this offer, but there's no communication. There's no relationship building. It's probably not on the table for me anymore. Um, It could go other ways too where that there's a relationship with the AU program or high school coach that this college is like, hey, can you help us out by getting this kid an offer to maybe join this AU program or to, like, do me a favor so that we can potentially get, they'll send another kid here that we actually want, but, like, this will help our program, like their brand and this kid, like, Oh, he got his first offer. So like we can move on and, and go somewhere else with it. What do you see a lot of, especially around like the August time where AAU club is hopping around it's like, Oh, this person gets the offer after an elite camp or something like that. That's just kind of random. So it is a lot of politics in it. Yeah. So, and-
1: I go back on that um, real quick. And some of these coaches are vultures. Some of these college coaches, they have no backbone they they give out 10 offers to kids without even really wanting that kid. I mean, we had kids in our program who get get offers and they never hear from the coach again. And we reach out to the coaches, no explanation, anything like that. And so that's what you're, you're trying to, you know, decipher which program to send your kids to because that's going to matter. How the assistant coaches kind of move around, they bounce around, they might have a job in June, come August, they are not there anymore. They they they're on to a different and and, and more spot. So, you know, some some of these coaches use the kids too. So we have to make sure we we have good relationships um with, with the coaches that we're trying to send our kids to. Um, I know
0: uh being part of CBA, the relationships you have with your players and how, I can see how important it is to have you, Joel, as a director and Max, as a coach, college coach, to be mentors and to help these kids with the decisions. Are there AAU clubs out there, though, that'll be just like, oh, get them into this program just because it looks good?
1: And- yeah, because uh, most some AAU programs have relationships with um, college coaches. So they just got a tree of, of people that they just keep sending them to, even though some kids don't deserve to be there or um maybe that's too high of a level or too low of a level depending on a the kid they just have relationships with uh, different colleges that they always try to send their kids to um and and that hurts the process too uh because they're going places where it benefits the aau director and not the kid yeah
2: like I think one in particular, there's a lot of Cal Poly offers <laughs> yeah. out for kids in Wisconsin and no one has gone to Cal Poly. So right. that, that would be an example of a program potentially using like an offer that they have from a school who they know an assistant coach at or right. a coach at to get the kid an offer. Maybe that turns into one or two and another offer, but like mm-hmm. that's really either not an offer from the school or... It's just so that kid can get momentum or say that he got his first offer. Yeah. That would be, that was the example that popped in my head recently. Yeah, Yeah, For sure. Which happens a lot. It does. Um, I see
0: like, like I saying, you know, the relationships you have, I see the personal relationships. So you guys are helping these kids with personal decisions that can affect them for the rest of their lives. And I, I, speak a little bit of relationships and then we can get
1: into, you know, some of the players that you guys have helped. Yeah. And the relationships matter. And, and when you going down this recruiting battle and you getting to know the families and the kid and you, you get to know what matters to them, you know, whether it's a big school, small school, religion, um, academic based, you know, so you, you try to get to know the, the, the families. And there's a point where it's, really cordial there's a point when it's panic mode there's a point where it's i gotta make a decision you know where i want to go um so you and and everyone feels it's not just the kid it's the parents it's the the, you know the significant other if that matters where you're trying to play you're trying to be closer to them um your family if you got family in different parts of different states you know so it all matters so when you're going down this battle with all these kids you got to put in perspective what they want first um, and try to highlight what they do well and send that out to as many coaches as you can. Um, I can't tell you how many hours we spent on the phone with different coaches um, trying to get our kids to school. I mean, we, we sent out last week six-foot Rachel Ag from Muskego. Uh, we talked about our GPA, 4.3, ACT score, 27. Uh, she could 45% from three, six, four uh, wingspan. Boom. We have five, six colleges uh, on a scholarship level. That's interesting. You know, just based on what we sent out, what they know about our program already that uh, been built up. And that's just cool to kind of see, like we got that rapport with, with college coaches now. And so when we get kids through the door, that's the first thing you think about is how can we benefit them? And how can we get the best out of them to get to the level where you can kind of see it like, oh, that's a at least a D2 player. Um, and and that's always going through my mind. It's like, I I don't know why this person's not being recruited right now. Like, look at her attributes or look at his attributes. And can we squeeze enough out of there to make them see their own attributes as we go down this battle? Does the limited uh roster spots right now
0: in college have something to do with it at the moment with recruiting uh with the with the portal and with the fifth year eligibility with the COVID and stuff. And do you see that easing up in probably, I'd say two years? Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. this,
2: this up 24, 25 is the last year of that COVID year. Mm-hmm. So the, if these seniors now, if they want a fifth year with yep. that COVID, this is the last year that they can have it. Otherwise everyone else will just have their four years, yep. but you still have a one-time free transfer rule. Yep. So you don't have to sit out. You don't, Have to petition, like all that stuff. So you can still transfer. So there still will be a transfer portal where, at least at the highest levels and probably high level D2s too, Mm -hmm. they'll go to that first. Especially if like that freshman or sophomore produced high level, they'll probably take a kid like that over a high school kid, which will definitely hurt. But I think you'll see it come back to normal a little bit in terms of going back to the high school roots and like we t- even touched on before talking about it like nil like given that so who knows what happens there so i would assume it would come back a little bit but as long as the one-time transfer rule is out there the higher levels will look there first so kids yeah. gotta <clears throat> figure out like what do
0: they want what do they want out of basketball right so uh, they think oh I'm, I'm d1 i'm d2 well there's other opportunities to play at a college level mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. max you coach at a level right All these kids think I gotta go D two, but there's JUCO. There's I I see all the time kids looking at JUCO. Need a kid, a guard. Send send me your
2: videos and stuff. We come in the most, and it's hard to be honest with a kid Mm -hmm. who has been told by maybe other people too that hey, you're you're going Division one, you're going full ride, you're going high major. It's like you're a scholarship player, and we could potentially think that too. But at the end of the day, like the level of a player you are, which isn't a bad thing. Like division three is a really high level. Like yeah. we have in college is a high we, level. We, yeah. we have the best division three conferences in yeah. the Midwest, yeah. in the con- like here in our state with the CCIW for girls and boys and the WEAC for girls and boys. Mm-hmm. So it's like most of those kids can play at the scholarship level at by the end of their career easily. Well, the, the problem with that is,
1: as a society and as parents, we don't have our kids watch D three games. They don't. They don't know what that looks like. So on, um, and it's not out there too much for mm-hmm. the kids. You got to go watch the games, and that's what's wrong. Is you know, if you're not into it or coach, you are not going to a, D- a Division three game. You know, because mm-hmm. your kid has aspirations of being D one, D two, and they they not even watching, and and most of them don't even want don't know what D two is. You know, they don't yeah. understand the level of basketball. So, you know, what we try to do is give tickets to our kids to go watch different games. You know, some of our kids went to the Carroll game. Um, some kids go to Concordia game, you know, and we get tickets for those. We go to the UWM. We go to Marquette girls games, Marquette guys games. You got to go see the game and, and, and live it because you've been told your whole life that you're a Division One player, Division One. And you got your inner circle people telling you this. You got your parents. You got everyone telling you. Everybody this. sees dollar signs in yeah, the eyes, and that's yeah. all they all they float to, <laughs> right? And that's all these kids know. Instead of you know doing research on different levels, like Max said, Division three basketball is probably the best in this state, mm-hmm. um, in a whole country, and people yeah. don't even realize that. You know, and that's that's some of the stuff that we wanted to get out there for our kids. It's like you don't have to go far. If you want to play basketball, uh, because this state, you have everything you need if if this is what you want to do. And there's still opportunities after
0: Division three. I mean, you can still go play overseas. You can still play professionally. There's so many availability out there for basketball after college to still play basketball,
1: not in professional or NBA, but at a high level. Yeah. And and sometimes what was happening during this COVID years is. Excuse me. The other levels has gotten better because everyone can't go to division down. one. Yeah. Everyone trickles. So we, we probably got two kids with Michael McNabb and Isaiah Allen who are division one players. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to fifth years through due to the transfer portal, um, those type of kids fall under the radar. You know because they're like, ah, I can go get that kid uh you know, a twenty, twenty-one year old who can go do that. You know, mm-hmm. and and if you're a coach, you're going to especially in college, you're gonna probably go after the 2021 20, kid more than a 17, 18 year old. A little kid. maturity. A little and... bit more mature. Um but the really good coaches in college, they're starting to go back to getting all high school kids to build their culture. Cause that's, it's tricky when you get kids that keep coming in from different places. Now, what's your culture? You know, those kids are coming in for one reason to play. Mm-hmm. If they're not playing, <laughs> they go on somewhere else because of this rule, they can do that. So, uh, you, you're better off getting kids. That's going to be with you two, three, four years, as opposed to they're one and done. Um, so we're trying to send our kids to those type of places that we know where the coaches are. Um, mm-hmm. And we know they're going to be in good situations because there's vultures out there um, on and, both, and both like sides. And from, like, the
2: coach's side to their point, too, is, like, my job's on the line here. Yep. And my 80s tell me if I have two years of, like, 11 wins when I'm rebuilding this thing, like, I'm mm-hmm. out. So, like, that's part of the culture, too, that's not good. Like, they, they're they winning now. They have, like, there's no time to develop. Like, people said Shaka Smart had a down year last year because they like, oh, he can't win in March. Mm -hmm. because he lost to Michigan State. Like, he won the Big East. For four (laughs) months, they were the best team, like a top-five team in the country. They did not have a bad year. Right. So we have to, like, get that out of our heads. Like, what actually defines a good year? Like, it's not, in my opinion, six games in March that anything can happen, that it's one and done. It's the most exciting tournament. Right. Yes, but is it the most logical? Does Does the best team win all the time? Maybe. But I'd rather take four months of, like, battling your asses off in the biggies where everyone knows you and your coaches have to like work their butts off to like just get a win at Butler on a Tuesday night. Like it's so much harder to do that to me than a one and done situation. So these coaches are like, they want to win now because they want it their livelihood and they feel like they're on the chopping block every other year. This may, may seem like
0: a dumb question, but we talk a lot about girls boys and we do a comparing a lot. Is it, What's the difference in the recruiting process? Is it easier for girls recruiting or boys recruiting?
1: Um, The girls are easier um, because um, it's more tenure coaches in college that can decipher what they want faster um, in the girls' game. Uh, Boys, it takes a longer time. It doesn't matter the talent. It's more so like we just mentioned of they can get kids from different places with the rules that's in place right now with the fifth year and um, the – Right. Non-stop transfer rules um that that's only going to um the the boys game's going to continue to suffer a little bit from that you know the girls they have the same type of rules but they don't do it the same they they kind of know this is the kids we want they love high school kids to develop it's more of a skill and it's more of a a passion of growing the game on the girl's side and the boy's side is becoming more professional
0: I think a girl will look at the school more than the game or a boy will look yeah. at the game more than the school. hundred percent with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the girl is like, OK, I want to go somewhere to get an education. The boy's like, yeah. I want to go. I want to go dunk. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
1: yeah, that's that's totally the difference. And a lot of girls go into the school where they going to get a degree, where they going to start their, you know, professional jobs. Um, a lot of them are not going to school thinking about professional basketball. Um, and so and that's the that's a good part of the girls game. Um, They they go where they wanted and where they can see themselves after. In the
0: girls' game, that's a whole nother podcast we could actually do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if I was the commissioner of the WNBA, I could really change. Yeah,
2: (laughs) and like to Joe's, like we have two, four. We have four of our twenty twenty five girls already have like division two offers. Our Twenty twenty five, we have one kid that has two division two offers, and a couple others have been on unofficial visits. So that's kind of just shows you where they're at recruiting wise,
1: right? And our twenty five class is just as good on the boy side as it is on the girl side. And the girls, we already got four or five kids, so we got a roster of uh, of ten, and we got five of them that have offers already. Multiple, multiple offers. Yeah, and on the boy side, we got a group of uh, eight. And we only got one boy with one offer uh, uh two offers, but it's it's just how it works in the guys and the girls' you know programs and that that's big numbers right there.
0: did you guys want to get into uh who 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 you're talking about and what 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 they got going on yeah
1: so um like I said, we want to pay homage to the twenty four class um we we just had a lot of players uh, that was a group that started the program. What I mean by started is they came in as sixth graders when we started the program. So when they're 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, Um, during that time period, we did have other groups that came through, you know? So Mm -hmm. if I had a sixth grade group, you know, and uh, we had two sixth grade boys and we had a fourth and fifth grade girls. Um, So what that means is after that first year of four teams, we started getting other teams, you know, so some 17-year-olds, some 16-year-olds, but they didn't start here. You know, they came over from different right. programs and they finished here. Um, but this 24 class, we feel like that was the first class that we can say, all right, this started the program. Where we at as a program, where we're going, and this whole group started it. So we start with, like, the 24 class of the girls. It's um, Sarah Traczynski. She played one year with us um, from Rose Holt. Um, she's got multiple offers. Uh, she's a kid. Last night she had 17 points, 25 rebounds. Uh, I don't care what level. I think she plays at level four, but 25 rebounds is, <laughs> <I don't laughs> care. you know, I don't care where you play. That's hard to do, you yeah. know, and when I went up there for team takeover. Um, and
0: how far is it?
1: That was probably about up by two, Stephen's point. Right? Yes, by yeah. Steven's so point.
0: You have a kid traveling two hours. Every practice. Four hours. Yeah.
2: Round trip. Round Every trip. Practice. Yeah. My, my mom would hook up uh, the girls with some goodie bags, too. They were <laughs> yeah. all in. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So you, you get kids like that, and you you just go do a team takeover. And you see a kid that does something different. You see a niche that you see. And, you know, she she came up. She played. She tried out. Played the whole year with us. And, you know, that's a kid who no one's going to see her up there. So she, she got four offers, you know, to come play. Edgewood, you know, Mount Mary. Uh, ripping, you know, just different colleges that's that's around that she's interested in. Another high major is with GPA 4.0 and high ACT scores. So she's all into that. She hasn't decided where yet, but she's pretty close, Uh, you know, but we would have never found a kid like that, you know, to come two and a half hours back and forth. I mean, that tells you enough about our program Mm -hmm. right there. Um, Sarah A., who... Who came over from another program? A seventh grade year. Um, She came, so she did six years with us. And she's from Grafton. um, And there's a kid who had no confidence when we got her. I mean, she was just broken, like mentally, physically. She was just like, you know, she played with a group of girls that coach didn't want her anymore, so she had to move on. And you know, that's that her club or AU? Uh, AU. And and that's tricky because with girls, that matters, not Mm -hmm. just. Not just what colors they wear for the uniforms or, or club, or whatever. Like you matter to me. Like those seven other girls is like family. So mm-hmm. when you tell me I'm not as good as one of the other seven who's now staying, well, let's go. It's go time. <laughs> you know, so that was her motivation. And you got to know the parents. Um, she had the most offers of any kid that we ever had. I mean, she had nine to ten division two offers um with her high grades her high act score um the lankiness of her yeah the way, um the way, the she, way moves she moves on is, the floor. is totally yeah. different yeah. and she's this high iq you can't speed her up uh okay. so you know coaches can see that and and me as a director a coach and a player i you see that right away as a seventh grader who walked through the door you're like oh her her hands and knees are like she can touch by her knees like her <laughs> hands are all the way down here so you're looking at the little attributes that mm. make people different you know right away so that's the like the cool part you know then um lucy came over that same time um, lucy was another one who was five eleven with a 6 5 wingspan you're like uh that's kind of different <laughs> you know so just going down the line and and you you start to think about that 24 class and caitlin Nolam, um she got her first first offer that's a kid who doesn't average more than eight points a game never um you know in in high school but you look at her attributes of what she brings on the court and and as a coach you're like pitbull pitbull like you don't want to go against her but you want her on your team yep. you're like damn she's always feisty she's picking up players full court she's smacking the ground like she's from duke like and she's like ready to go. And I noticed that as a fifth grader, when I was coaching her, it's like, no, oh, that kid's different. So you just had to change her mindset because people around her was like, you need to score more. You need to do this. You know, my my mindset is no, just go be yourself and we're going to make highlights of the defensive highlight for you. And we made defensive highlights for her and she got offer after offer. And everyone was like, how is she getting those offers? Like, watch what she does every game. Watch watch the floor impact. Watch how much she changes the game that has nothing to do with always scoring a game. And I think once you realize that and people saw that from our program, she was the standard for how we play defense. So now girls are benefiting from that. The, it takes a team, right? Not it, just takes one. A, right yeah, it takes she's a She's a great teammate, right? And she's the one leading that that pack line. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you're six two or five six, she's going to guard the best players <laughs> on the court every time. And I think that's a cool part of the twenty four class of girls that's exiting us. Is um, we're way better now um, because of those girls, all those time that they're invested in the program. So that's why you want to pay homage you know as much as you can to the people who helped start it. Um coach Max going to get into some of the numbers. Uh you want to start on the girls and then we'll go to the guys. Um I start talk about the guys a little bit, but there is girls that came over like we talked about that was huge for our program I'm like a Claire Diener. She's at Rockhurst right now. She was our first major player. She came over Um, When she was 16, so she had two years with us Uh, and a player like that. When you get a player like that, that you haven't developed and is looking for a home base. And uh, she her dad is Tom Diener, who was one of the best coaches ever in the state. Um, So, you know, the pressure is kind of on. You get a kid like that. You're like, okay, we got to we got to get her. something. you had a pretty uh, popular cousin, too. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of popular cousins. I mean, that Diener family from the guys and the girls. Uh it's just a name, you know, in the state. But she kind of started us in the twenty twenty two class. And then there was a, you know, a couple of other girls, but Claire was the first major player that we got a scholarship to play on that level. And she was a dynamic score. I mean, she can shoot from anywhere. And she and the size that she had, she was just strong. So you couldn't move her around. So um having a player like that kind of transform our girl side kind of helped a lot. So I know Coach Max got some more of that. And then we could talk about the guys too.
2: Yeah, we got uh another McNabb. Gracie yep. McNabb at Concordia, Wisconsin. They're playing for <laughs> they're playing in they qualified for their conference tournament. That's they coming did. up this weekend. So they're yep. playing in that. And then Caden Jong at Whitewater, yep. who's a top five team in the country at Division Three. <laughs> right. So when we carol played there and they had a game before us the girls like, i know i know someone on that team It's like what because she comes back and works our camp yep, she comes helps i was like why do i know that and she's yeah. in there in the first six minutes of the game the yep. first sub on a top five team in the country so right which is hard to do as a freshman yeah
1: it is and and going back to that you know same with gracie she she tore acl yeah. twice mm-hmm. you know she had times where she could have gave up and you know pursue the game and she just kept going it's like i'm not giving up i want to keep going and and, and you're
0: not going to find a sweetest kid actually. no she, no is awesome
1: and she's coaching this year for us uh you know as well so it's good to see those girls you know make a uh, impact as freshmen you know we got alicia um from dominican she's at uh, malone in ohio um and just an impact player you know, she's six foot, can move up and down the court, and you don't see players like that. So, you know, in our 23 class, we want to show that home. It's 22 with, you know, with Claire. And, you know, we just – and Cadence, I mean, what can we say about her? I mean, she picks up full court, she, and she was always playing for just a mediocre high school program. So you never really – from West Bend. West Bend, yeah. So you never really – You didn't have you to know, say the name. Right, right. You well, didn't have to I, throw I, them out so No, what it is is – Weep! I, my daughter Maya played against her all, yes, all
0: yes, four of you, yep, uh, yep. high school. So, <laughs> yeah. That's how I, I
1: just
2: give you yeah. crap.
1: <laughs> so yeah, she's do she's it. doing good, you know. So and then you know, obviously, we just talked about our twenty four yeah. class.
2: Sarah is going to Hillsdale. Yep. Lucy's going to Minnesota State Mankato, playing in like their arenas ten thousand fits ten thousand people. They're like, I think they've lost like five games. Yeah, they're ranked year. in a
1: top twenty. Yep. D two,
2: and then. Caitlin's going
0: to Truman state. Yeah. Speaking of Truman state, that gives you another person that didn't play with you, but you helped.
1: Yeah. Hallam, Hannah Bellinger. She's at Iowa state. Um, she was one of our first clients. Um, I had her as a sophomore. Um, and she, my just daughter, got, Maya was with her once, I think with, she was a staple of the program because she didn't play for us, but she brought so many girls who wanted to play, because they saw her work ethic, saw her drive, saw her commitment. I don't think
0: I'd be here, honestly, if it wasn't for Mark and Hannah. Yeah.
1: Honestly. Yeah. I mean, that that family was just, and still is, just amazing. And her drive, she's at Iowa State, one of the leading scorers there. Um, you know, and so it's just pretty cool to see a Grafton kid, you know, make it that far and has so much left in her. She can play professionally if she wants. Her skills set is so high that I wouldn't be surprised if you see her at the highest of levels. Um,
2: yeah, and then we touched on our 2025. So we already got like four, four girls who have Grace Ortman, Lauren Streifling, Mackenzie Luring, and Sarah Helm. All have Division two offers. And then I know Mackenzie Hawk has been on Division three <laughs> visits already. So we talked touched a little bit on Sarah Egg. So we should have a pretty busy spring here with getting everyone going. Sarah, Sarah Helm is a lot like Caitlin Odom when it comes to <laughs> she the type of play. Yeah,
1: and she she knows that, and she modeled her game after her. You know, she bunked up with her at nights and like picked her brain about how you play, and she kind of mimics some of the things that she does out there. And she sees that that style is successful on the next level. And you know, and to Sarah's credit, that's who she wants to be—that type of impact player.
0: Yeah, I, I get to watch her. I get the privilege of watch her. My daughter's one of her teammates, so I get the privilege of watching her yeah time, so it's cool yeah
1: really cool
2: i think we're good to go over 2024s yeah boys? so
1: we got our 2024 boys so we uh, i think we had 19 boys um that came over um that finished with us and we always groomed our boys so we since sixth grade we had two teams you know and and you you can be on one team one year you can be on the the next team the next year it wasn't no difference in the team you probably had a little bit more star power on one team and a lot more feisty defenders and togetherness on the other team so even though they groomed together there was two different types of coaching and personalities that when you're coaching the way we are two different teams you got to match who your your players are you know because Coaches go into a game like, oh, I'm a coach the same way and for every team. It's like, no, like this is different. Like this group is feisty, like competitive. They they understand the scouting report. They they want to get in fist fights on the court. Um, the other team is like, well, we're gonna beat you with our skill. You know, we're gonna pick on the worst defender out there, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move the ball until we find the right spot and the right shot. So. That's our 24 class, and we got 19 kids, and I, I believe 18 or 19 of them are going to play um, on some level, Division one to Division three, and that's a testament to all the hard work that those parents put into it, the players, and me and Max in the background uh, of doing a lot of that. So, you know, I want to touch on some of those guys, you know, from our, let's, with the Black Elite team. Our Black Elite team finished their career with over 100 wins. This is our second team and they they finished the over, over 100 wins you and know
2: they, and like the, the final chapter thing they finished yeah. ahead of our
1: act like <laughs> yeah the gold, gold elite, elite team, team. so it's, it's, and that
0: and that's facing the same competition
1: most of the time mm-hmm. yeah and and that's the cool part because when on paper you look at the gold elite team like man we got to match up with nolan tim you know we got to be ready for them black elite you like ah that's their second team we we about to smoke them And mid pro, and these teams that are, you know, from AAU that you see, and then they're like, damn, we got to, this team plays harder than the other teams. (laughs) Like, yeah, you about to put your mouth guards in. It's going to be a fist fight, probably be a couple of technicals. It's going to be, you're going to know you played that team. (laughs) So, and college coaches, I mean, we had so many college coaches coming to watch that black elite team. It's a reason why all of them are going to play somewhere. Um, because college coaches are looking at those kids are, as like culture kids. At the end of their benches trying to you know, move up, it's like, wow, they got skill and they play hard and they play together. There's no kid on that team um, besides Hudson who averaged more than like 12 points a game for their high school. You don't have a kid that's on that team that does that. Um, except for Hudson who's going to play soccer for Marquette, uh, Division one for, uh, for a ride too. So he was our – best player probably on that team um but he was he was a leader of that group (laughs) you know he comes in with the second unit and just like all right let's go Hudson let's let's take this game over and that's who he was a competitor and you know we go down the line we had Liam Reese um he's a senior now at Homestead uh he played with us for two years played he did he wasn't an AAU kid you know he just he wants to have fun hang out laugh crack jokes over the summer he's not a you know, AAU type of kid. Uh, but we got him to play. You know, he wanted to do something, so we got him to play. He was our 11th guy, you know, and and when you have an 11th guy, that's hard for coaches. Like, you got to figure out rotations, figure it in. But he was the 11th guy you wanted on the team. He didn't pout. He always says, thank you, coach. He looks you in the eye. He, he appreciates two minutes a half or, you know, on the back end, he, he plays, you know, maybe he didn't play that game, but he played – 15 minutes the next game he he was never too high never too low his parents were uh, his mom was great his his um you know he has his auntie and uncle who travel around every state coming to watch him play so a kid like that came over two years ago he lost his dad unexpectedly and we knew he needed something you know to keep him going and just reaching out to his mom and like guaranteeing like we're gonna take care of your kid like he needs this you know and she was like okay you know, and he, he decided to play, which was cool for us because we know how much he needed it. He practices his butt off. We call him Bill Lambeer. Yep. Um, and he just takes you out and practice. He plays hard. He's one of those guys like in college, like a walk on he'd be a, hated oh he'd be hated like he'd have 15 stitches like all the time because he's a guy like you're gonna rip through and like you better fucking get off me <laughs> like, he's one of those guys so
2: yeah, he's one of those
1: kids and he would do that to the other team though <laughs> like,
2: it's like <laughs> nolan, nolan or tim's going on a fast break and he you see you no know, uh, liam chase him down we're like easy easy, easy let him score, let him score.
1: <laughs> or you see a bully on the court from the other team you're like liam <laughs> Go in the game. He, and he knows his assignment. He's going to pick up three, four fouls. He's going to put the other kid out of the game. He's going to act like nothing happened. Sub him back out. And he gives you high five. Like, did I do it, coach? Like, yeah, you did your job. <laughs> you know, those are the type of kids you want. Um, and A.J. Ewell, we just keep going. You know, A.J. Ewell came over from Ashwaubenon. He played one year with a 6'6 kid. Super talented. Um, he He runs... Like he's five, six, like he's one of those high motor kids that he can stretch the floor. He shoots over 40 percent from three. Um, he didn't know what he wanted to do. He was the type of kid that was floating between our gold elite and black elite team, depending on what we needed from the group. Um, and he's six, six, so he can stretch the floor. He can shoot, he can rebound. Um, but he didn't know what type of level he wanted to play on. Um, he had the grades, you know, the parents were trying to, to figure out like, what's, what's next, what should we do? And I remember that first weekend he played and there was some, some D2, D3 like coaches there. And he was like, man, I didn't even play a lot today. Like, you know, I don't like, when am I going to play some more? you know, and I told him like, you know, you came on a really good team. Um, And you're going to get your opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I want to let you know, there was a couple coaches who reached out to me already because of what they saw from you. It's like, oh, no way. Like, <laughs> I barely got out there. And I was like, yeah, that's that's the thing. They saw something in you that you probably didn't see in yourself yet. Well, that's a great advice for kids. You got to take every
0: opportunity you get, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. Whether it's two minutes,
1: four minutes. Whatever it is, you got to go out there and t- take advantage of it. No, yeah, one hundred percent. And he has, and you know, he went on a couple visits. He went to Saint Olaf, um, where he's going to school, uh, which is a great Division three in Minnesota. Which is, it's an awesome school. I mean, you look at that school and you're like, wow, he's right in the thick of it. And he went uh, at first visit he went on was a, a football. football visit because <laughs> he's a really good football player. So he went there and picked up an offer from the football coach. And uh, he came back like, man, I didn't, you know, I, I'm thankful for it, but that's not why I went up there. <laughs> so we had one more tournament left in Cincy and the and the head coach of St. Olaf basketball team came to watch him play. And um, he played pretty well. He did his thing. Um, and he picked up the basketball offer from that same school. And he was just elated. So when a kid is happy about where they're going, that makes you feel happy It doesn't matter the division It's the placement of where they want to go and where the parents want to go so you know hats off to him he came for one year and he did that so that was pretty cool you know tyler from um tulsa tulsa west he plays for uh he came one year for us you know and he never played um club basketball before never played so we call him sunshine like um you know remember the times he got that type of personality you know he's just cool he always cool kool-aid on the court just he's just jogging and you know just (laughs) he's just very nice looking handsome young man so he's just you know he, he, he plays that persona uh but when he gets on the court he's ready to go i mean every month he's gotten better and, you know, he's going to be a late bloomer. So he went on a couple of visits so far. He's got to decide where he wants to go. Um, but that's a kid that's going to be a steal in two years from now because he's just understanding now what the game is going to be for him. Um, Isaiah uh, Wright, you know, he's gone. Uh, he, he was a kid who started since sixth grade with us. So we want to make sure we mention those type of kids. Started with us, started the program. He actually played up a year. Um, he wasn't a part of the sixth grade group. He he tried out late per usual, that family, <laughs> uh, with Paris. He was like, oh, I forgot we, you had tryouts. So we didn't even have a spot. So we created a spot on one year up for him to play, you know, seventh grade. Um, so Isaiah was just dominating on that level just defensively. He fit in, you know, offensively. When you move up a level, sometimes you don't fill in. But if you fit in defensively, you you probably belong. We saw a little bit of that Friday night. Yeah, he's a a
2: (laughs) small (laughs) version of Liam. I would say. Hand check, you grab, just talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we saw that Friday. (laughs) We love him,
1: and that's the kid you would love to have on your team, but hate to have him, you know, off off your team. (laughs) So. That's pretty cool there. And like I said, we can go down the line. to kids like Cade, who's going, he's got like eight to ten offers who came over from swing um, his first year. Uh, he did five years with us, and that was a kid who who just gotten better each, each year. Keep defining his role, what he can do. He's always been a three-point shooter now. He's a great rebounder. Um, he, he's starting to understand the game more, and college coaches have more and more interest in him. He's a kid that's going to peak later um in college not now he's gonna keep getting the best version of himself and he's playing pretty well marquette high has the number one seed um in their sectional so you know i'm expecting them to go pretty far with where they landed at in their sectional um
2: yeah we got so kind of touched on everyone i guess yep the commitment so far we have eight out of our 19 kids already committed nolan and tim we've touched on before both going up to st thomas yep uh, we, great program up there that just joined Division One two years ago. I yep. think this is their third year. It's their third year. Building a new arena, so those guys are all going to be kind of the groundbreaking part of it and, and yep. a cool experience for them. Hudson, soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, he could he had definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. interest in <laughs> basketball too. Yep. Uh, quickest guy on the court, and then we got Mike and Isaiah both going to Northern Michigan, uh, on the Division Two side. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Our, those four guys all. They get a buddy to go to college together. Yeah. So quick question. I
0: know why I'm doing it. Um, here you got a kid playing AAU that's not going to play basketball, right? Why play AAU? I know why, because of the experience and stuff. But talk a little bit about his his reasoning, you know, playing
1: soccer but still sticking around with you. Oh, he loves basketball. Yeah. He's a basketball kid also, and the teammates and the coaching – um, and just knowing his dad and mom, you know, Steve Torres, and they always send nice letters and um, emails and just saying thank you because there's a kid who, if he was on any other team, they would have. Because he only made, like, if we had 10 tournaments, he'd be at six of them. Mm-hmm. And, but he would try to get it as much as he, he can. He would play a soccer game and then try his best to get to a basketball game. Every
2: Homestead <laughs> tournament, he'd probably <laughs> play in Chicago, like, in the morning, and then he'd be yeah. up in the afternoon.
1: yeah. And he just loves it, yeah. you know, and he's a basketball kid who was gifted in another sport, you know, and he had to decipher which one to go to. And that's what a lot of kids who are multi-sport, you know, you have to decide which one is your primary and which one is your secondary. And hopefully you play for a club that doesn't penalize you for, for choosing one because that's the, the key. We didn't penalize him for missing tournaments. And, he, and when he was there, he led us in minutes. And he led us in points, and he led us in steals. He led us in technical fouls. Um, he was one of those guys <laughs> that that you need on your team, you know, and um, we wouldn't be where we are without a kid like that on a team. So uh, hats off for him, um, you know, going to Marquette, which is pretty huge. You know, we, he was always trying to figure out how can I do both at Marquette? You know, I was like, well, that gets a little trickier. You got to act your
0: – Are there
1: any multi-sport college – there, yeah not 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 that many on a division one but if you go to d2 some d2s but a lot of d3s um you and can bas- do that
2: yeah basketball is tough too just because it takes it so goes through like two different seasons too oh, right. like you talked about the tight ends and uh like julius peppers did both yep um there's other ones that i'm just blanking. i don't know why he came to mind first but yeah it's just hard because they do both season like track for sure yeah you can do basketball and like uh spring track season outdoors
1: so at the
0: <clears throat> d3 level i talked to you about this in the past there's more than just one one team right at the d3 there's yeah. like a you got a, a, JV, kind of like team. a JV and a varsity yeah. which is yep a little special so it kind too. of, it kind it of
2: depends on what the school does it like there's some schools that have 45 kids and will have like 18 in the roster and then the rest are JV. um some people will just limit the roster to 22 kids so that's their main roster and then like the last eight in the rotation or not or just however long your big ro- your rotation is the back half will play yeah so some schools will practice all together like if you have a school of like 20 to 22 they'll all practice together yep um if you have 50 kids in the gym you probably won't practice together but you're still getting reps you're still playing you're still getting coached by probably the elite assistant on the staff so you're around it's kind of it's good, especially if you're not getting minutes as a freshman, like you want to play and get reps in the system and show your coach that you can perform in games too, so it's a good experience There's something that I see
0: also that I don't know if other clubs are doing, but I know you guys do it a lot, even when these kids are sophomores, juniors in high school, they're here in the off season, and you'll still train them and help them mm-hmm. right in the off season and I don't think there's many other a u clubs I think once they're at the college see you later right yeah
1: and that's what we're we continue to get better with is having breakfast clubs with our college players and our 24 class now that their season's going to be winding down coming to an end their bodies and minds are used to jump jumping from one thing to the next thing you know like taking a week off and oh i got aau practice in two weeks but when you're now exiting you don't have that time you know you don't have that that so we want to create that for you know our kids that come back from college and our kids that's going into college like no this is still your home to get better to get your work in um and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast because those kids they're not pawns you know they're people and we got to view them that way or we're not doing our job as like i said we're we're here to grow people we're humans we're going to make mistakes but we're here to help them become better people so our door has to remain open so they understand like this is what it looks like, and all these kids that are fifth, six, seven graders now they're looking up to all these twenty four class of girls and guys. Like wow, they they're back working out. They're looking at the court. They're looking at them, you know, and they they want to be like them, you know. Well, so that's well, important.
0: my son's a sixth grader, right? And he can't walk into a gym right now without varsity players. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, you know, yeah. high five and punch and it's other schools. We're at Homestead. We go down the Nicolet, you know. Yeah wherever we go, just being part of the CBA family is, is, it's pretty special. And yeah. And that's, that's, I got to keep his head a little small sometimes, (laughs) you know,
1: but that's what you want. You want to create that throughout the whole state where you don't know each other, but what you wear and your clothes that you have on is like, Oh, we're a part of a fraternity. we're, We're part of something. And that's what I like when I, I hear parents talking and, you know, they don't even know each other, but they got on Chapman gear, and they say, "Wow, okay, who you play for? Which team you play for?" And we tried to get there, and but my kid maybe got cut this year, but we we're coming back next year. We hear great things. And, you only see Chapman uh, South or Chapman yeah. North stuff, you yep. know. And yeah. that that's going to be the cool part of of the transition we made. And you know, I w- I want to go back a little to that twenty four class. We still got Andrew Hennstocker on the board, who's went to Lawrence um, this past weekend. Um, Carter provide, who's, has got a couple offers from Concordia, Chicago and, and, um, Lawrence, he just came from there yesterday. And it's just like some of these kids that, that, you know, and you have grown for so long, it's like, they matter to you. If, even if they don't matter to the outside world, it's like, no, I'm on the phone with these kids and their parents. Like, okay, let's talk to this coach. Let's talk to that coach because that stuff is important to, to me. You know, it's like we want to get every kid an opportunity who wants to play. You know, Derek Derek Johnson, who came over from Phenom two years ago, um, you know, he's going to play at at a level. You know, some D2s that's after him right now, some D3s and lower, some D2s in Malone, um, where he's going to have to make a decision on what he wants to do. But we want to make sure we give these kids an opportunity to make a decision. And I would say nine times out of ten, our culture of what we built has helped some of those kids who don't get the attention that they deserve from maybe their high schools. Our culture of what we're trying to build has opened the doors, you know, for those guys. Look at a kid like AJ from uh, Germantown.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, you would die to have a kid like that on your team. He, he is the female version, the male version of Caitlin Odom. Uh He's going to do everything on the court. He doesn't get the recognition uh but when he plays for us he does you know and and people see that it's like you you're not who you're going to be without a kid like that he's going to guard the best player he's going to attend to the scouting report he's not going to give up middle he's going to understand how to take charges he's going to be the best teammate the rah-rah guy that's kind of rare on the boys side, it is you know? he's okay. a rare breed and that's what made him you know he's off the board he's going uh, concordia, concordia chicago he's off the board because coaches are like i don't care like that's I need him for my team. because You mentioned Isaiah,
0: isn't the way he plays defense? Is yeah. that kind of rare on the boys' side? It is. It is. I mean, it
1: is. But that's what made that black elite team so special. It was a group of those yeah, type
0: the of buy-in. players. The
1: it's buy-in, the buy-in. different. You know, like Andrew. Like the buy-in. You know, he's five seven, five eight, but the way he can shoot and the way he defended. You know, the way he competed made him different. You know, so that's what you try to show for the college coaches like what we built was different in that 24 class the buy-in um the coaching that they allowed us to do um it it helped them to become the players they are and where they're going to school
2: yeah so i think we do have some i pulled up some freshman recruiting stats so like it is it is hard to like we just said eighteen out of nineteen. We're gonna go. To yeah,
1: eighteen out of nineteen. But
2: it is super wow. hard to play at the next level and receive an opportunity. Yep. It's even harder when you get there. And I think this is the hardest part for directors too. Of like, we have to be honest in the recruiting process. Like we touched on, like what level you're at. But like when you get there, like Joe said before, like it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be difficult. You're like it's the coach's livelihood. It is his job um so it is good to have the relation beforehand but he's like trying to win games and all that stuff depending on what level you're at so i have some freshman stats some going division 1 some division 2 in division 1 in 21 and 22 season the only 14.8% of minutes played throughout the whole college season were played by freshmen so 14.8 <laughs> and those are probably
0: cuz of an injury or
2: something <laughs> totally or you like we see the percent the one percent of the freshmen that yeah. are at Kentuckys yeah. and Dukes. Yeah. And those are the one but like that's probably the majority of it. It's twenty by sophomores, twenty-six by juniors, and thirty-eight by seniors. So right. if you just look at that in twenty one, twenty two. So that's the division one level. Division three last year in the CCIW, which is the league Carroll's in, there were two freshmen who averaged over ten minutes a game in the whole league. <laughs> and one was a six seven like Two twenty kid that could shoot threes, yeah, so like, yeah. that's a different breed <laughs> but and that's at division three level, yep in twenty twenty three twenty four there's only one college basketball freshman averaging more than twenty points, yeah, almost all. If you're going to play Division One basketball, you were averaging 20 points in high school. <laughs> Correct. And there's only one freshman that's has carried that over. So, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> last night. He's at Tulsa, too. So he's not yeah. even at Duke or North Carolina. Right. Well, like last night, you, uh,
0: listening, just for an example, NBA, Kenny, Kenny, the Jet was talking last night. He's like, I'm coming in the NBA. I'm going to be on the all star team. Yeah. And then he gets to the NBA and he's like, well, that's what that guy says. That's what that guy says. Same thing with college. Everybody's an all-star return.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Then, and, and you you can't be blind to that. And most kids are. Um, and if you're not a parent who's been through it or a coach or someone who can tell you like, no, that's, that's not the reality. Most most of us, we talked about this with Diener, most of us are going to be a different player once you get to mm-hmm. college. And you got to have that buy-in. and it was easier 20 years ago uh, than it is now where you can just not go through the adversity and just say, I'm going somewhere else. Um, but, you know, that buy-in has to happen. I mean, look at those numbers that Max just said. It's it's unbelievable that this is why you see so many upsets in the Sweet 16, the lead eight, when uh, three plays a 15, when you, you run against a team that has all juniors and seniors and you mm-hmm. keep bringing in all these freshmen, even though it's Kentucky or – Kansas or whatever, yeah. You you put five freshmen on the court, and you give me five seniors who I've built for four years. Yeah, mm-hmm. Give me that group over those five freshmen any day of the week, because nine times out of ten on a one game setting, we're gonna win on one game setting. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's so much things that a freshman have to over- overcome um, to be the players that ego they on Yeah, ego, <laughs> uh, not about themselves. You know, being a part of a team, something bigger than yourself. It's something you got to go through as a freshman.
2: Yeah. And like so to like bring it in like, like a conference that we probably watch more closely here, like the Big East with Marquette, there's only one freshman averaging more than 10 points in that whole league. The Big Ten only has three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their division, bring it back. So for minutes in all of D2, wait, I missed that. Oh, here we go. In all of D3, only five freshmen are on the top 200 scoring list. Wow. So out of 200 players, only five are freshmen that lead them in scoring. Two are on Grinnell, who average 130 points and shoot a bunch of threes and don't play defense. So like those are are skewed. So there's really three. Shoot a bunch of threes and don't play defense. In in D2, there's seven in the top 250. sounds, Sounds
1: like today's high school game. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why if, if you know your niche early on, it's huge. That's, I keep going back to, you know, Caitlin. You know, that's, she averages eight points a game. But I guarantee she's probably going to be well ready to play as a freshman because it's not about her scoring. Can you imagine having three Caitlins on your team. No.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, well, that's and then, the same and then, thing with two
0: scorers. Yeah. That's right. You dominate. you You win every
2: game yep. with like Kai Joseph on the board yep. side, too. Who's, yep. He's coming to Carroll. Yep. Um uh, and his like he hasn't even scratched the surface offensively, but he's probably ready mm-hmm. to play defensive wise. Like whether yeah. it's five minutes, ten minutes, whoever. Like yeah. you find a way to get on the court. Yeah, kid Kevin like Kai, he came
1: school. over three years ago um, as a six foot one, six two center. Center. <laughs> and we're like, okay, how? But he's super athletic. Great kid. Great parents. And we're like, okay, how do we figure out something that he's good at? And he was really good passer, so we're like, all right, we're gonna create a system there. He's like, bam, at the top, or like Joker, where they you got to make decisions off of that. And we're walking into these games, and we playing teams that have six, eight, six, nine, six, six ten, 10 going guys. To right stage, but... <laughs> yeah, right. he's going against all these D one guys, and we got a row of you know because that team's in the Final Four of the best uh, independent circle in L.A. and all these coaches are watching you know who we're going against, and then we got the Division One coaches, and then we got a row full of the D3 coaches <laughs> watching our, our our kids. And we're just battling. And that's a kid who was getting 18, 20 points, 10, 15 rebounds, two, three steals, two, three blocks against just high major kids. And it just stood out to a lot of coaches. Like, we don't know what position he is, but we don't care. <laughs> right. We see the impact that he brings on the court. Um, and that, that's the cool part. I, I keep going to that. That class because it's just the things that you see. Peyton McKenna over at Germantown, he was lighting people up over the summer. I mean, just to see kids who put in that so hard work and been with us forever like that. Like, I was with him last night until 10 p.m. working on shooting. It's like, you know, kids call us all the time just, can you get me in a gym? He's like, all right, <laughs> you know, let's, let's do it. And, you know, that 24 class is, is the class that did it. So going back to Kai, I mean, that's just huge. That's another kid. Yeah. Like we said, 18 of our 19 kids on the boy side is going to college. Every 24 on the girl's side is going to college. Um, and that's pretty cool for us.
0: How much of that, how much communication is key, right? You got to set your expectations early to know what type of player you are, what to expect. What are your expectations out of high school? What expectations are you for division wise? And that's a great conversation. You got to be in constant communication with you as a director, uh, with your parents constantly to
1: see that journey, right? Yeah, you do. And that's why we invest. And people don't know, like, you know, we spend probably like eight grand a year on NCSA. uh, Just so the parents and the kids To start to learn what that looks like, the recruiting battle, even though we got all of this uh, coaches numbers and and things that we have on our side already, Excel sheets, Google Docs. We got all of that, me and Max, that we work on for the girls and the guys, but we still want our parents to meet us halfway. You know, go on that website, NCSA, get your player profile that we uh, got for you. Understand what that looks like. Put your GPA on there. Reach out to schools. Understand what an email template looks like. understand what a recruiting coordinator is and what that is. And we, we help them do that stuff because if you got a parent that's just half invested into their kid, um, we're going to get them somewhere, but it's a little bit harder. If it's all the high school coach or the, the club coach, it has to be a little bit of both. And and
2: I think the, the, not to interrupt the player also, like playing college basketball is one of the biggest investments of time, energy, Mm -hmm like work that you'll ever have yep so if you're not willing to like help out on the recruiting front in terms of videos or like showing up to practice on time doing extra work with us like when we reach out like showing up and doing all the extra stuff like maybe college basketball and that's the the hard conversation coming maybe college basketball might not be for you and we have to maybe say that directly more often potentially but Mm -hmm. just like it's an investment once you get there, like let's invest early on, so we're ready for what it looks like. The yeah. hard conversation
0: was, was going to ask is like, how hard is that conversation? Okay, you think you're a one, but you're really low D two, or yeah, and that's why. Where, where I think, so, I think the yeah. expectations got to be set early. Yeah. yeah, some
2: of that will show out, like what I said earlier. Like you're you're at the level of what you're being recruited by school. Mm-hmm. Like. Which sucks. And sometimes like you got early division one offers and now Mm -hmm. you're still slowly go away or you don't have as much contact. But I think preaching that is like, well, right now this is, this is what they're telling you. These are great opportunities for you. Great programs, good schools, free education in some of them still. So I think going into it with an open mind is the main thing of not being in your, I'm set on this, I'm set on that. Without like, even, even Tim, who's he He went on division three mm-hmm. visits. He went yeah. on division two visits. He, we yeah. he saw every school possible. Yep. And that's a kid. That's one of the
1: best players in the state. Yep. And, and that's what you want for our kids. And, and just to piggyback off what both of you are saying, it's, it's also, we got kids who they get to a point, then they don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part for me as a director, because I invest a lot into that kid. And you're like, you you want to give yourself a chance because you don't want to be 25, 26, like, man, I wish I would have at least tried it. So for me, it's like, just try it. You mm-hmm. know, you can always go to college and say, well, this is not, you know, what I want to continue to do. But if you get a year or two of doing it, you can be like, woof, I, I tried it. It wasn't, my, you know, plans maybe changed. But if you go through that door and not give it a chance, you kind of lose out on what maybe you can become later, you know, cause you work so hard towards it. And some kids get burnt out. Some kids, you know, parents is down their throat about it and they don't want to do it anymore. But you also understand it's about you, you know, and, and don't let, you know, maybe it's one coach or one parent or one family member or friend say, ah, you don't need to do this. That's just go to a big school. Let's just go hang out. You can always do that, you know, but if you work towards a goal, and now that goes in front of you with options, mm-hmm. finish the goal because we want to be goal-oriented, you know, instead of um, just giving up on it, you know, and that'd be my message to the kids out there.
0: I know uh, watching just Friday night and watching other games this season, there's a lot of, you got a pretty good future coming up here, especially on the boys' side and girls' side. Yeah. Um, I know Logan at Cedarburg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about freshmen at Grafton, <laughs> yeah. Caleb, and stuff. You got some pretty, pretty fun talent coming up, looking towards the future.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. It would be that'd be different without the twenty twenty four class. We've talked about. Well, that Well, yeah, before. because
0: the twenty twenty four class, it's the culture, standard. the Tim, the yeah, Michael, yeah, that's yeah. your culture that you yep. have set here at CBA. Yep. yep. You know, and that'll be fun got to, to see
1: it. to rebuild it and watch these other kids how they fill those roles. Yeah, and that, and finally, you know, the end it is. That that 24 class helped every class that we have that's coming behind them, you know, and that's what we wanted. Like they set the culture, they set the understanding. We got 18 of 19 kids going on the boys side. We got all of our girls going to college on the, on the, on the girls side. So. Who's going to be the next
0: Tim Franks? Who's going to be the next?
1: And, and you, you see it. Who's going to be the you next Michael? Yeah, we got great groups coming. We got our fourth grade girls with Travis group, our sixth grade girls, um, our fifth grade girls. You know, we, we we got special groups coming. Our seventh and eighth grade girls are really good. You know, Coach Stuby over at Germantown coaches a group and his assistant coaches our seventh grade group. So we got a lot of talent coming, um, coming up. And that's a testament to those 24 girls. That a lot of those parents saw those girls and like, okay, we want to come over here. So our twenty five class is, is just as good, just because they saw the twenty fours. So it all trickles, and the boy side is just ready to, oh, you know, take yeah. off. That that side is <laughs> when just, I, when um, when my uh, right, when my
0: kid is in high school, the North Shore Conference is going to be <laughs> brutal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a battle every game, and and we're just seeing the foundation of it, and people like you know what that looks like. This is the foundation of CBA is the twenty four class. So when we go to different schools and we see four to five different players on each side, yeah, that's just crazy, a, and that's just the start of it. Wait, four years from now, it's going to be even worse. You know, I went to you know the Grafton senior night. It was nine girls of the eleven that play for CBA Mm -hmm. I just came to go watch a couple of them for senior night and when you're there you're like well I got to take a picture with all these girls I mean it's it's nine of them of the 11 that played you know for us at one point or for us now same with Germantown I went there I just said thank you to all these girls it was you know one or two of them that finished with us but there was eight or nine throughout this whole seven years that played for us so you know I looked at them and I said thank you for all of that because we wouldn't be where we are without you know, that class of people who helped us get to this point. So saying that is the recruiting matters, your program matters, understanding what you want, you know, out this process matters too. Um, But we wanted to make sure that this 24 class is recognized and not forgotten. what they're done and finishing strong in their sectionals and regionals. It's going to go fast now. You know, it's going to be you play Tuesday or you play Friday, you play Saturday. If you don't win those two games, you're done. Your, your high school career is over. So my message to them is enjoy these last couple of weeks with your teammates, with your family, with your friends, because you don't get it back. And and that's what I want to really tell these kids. You don't get this moment back. So really go out there and do whatever you can. If you're not in tears by the end of this, you didn't put as much into it as you should have. You know, and that's the message. just go out the right way, finish it, and we'll see you when you come back.
0: Who, who, without picking favorites, but who you guys looking at now that season's ending here? We're getting the sectionals and regionals and stuff. Who you guys looking at on the boys' side, first state wise, and on the girls' side? I mean, the easy answer is the peer,
2: but that one, yeah, that'd be against the CBA. Uh, I, I think we'll, it's going to be
1: Marquette. That. Marquette's yeah. going to get to at least state this year. And just based on the path that they're taking. Um, so I think it's going to be marketed and the peers of a, a, a freaking. It, that that's If there's a culture that you want from an AAU program to senior kid to, that's it because they, they invest into their kids. Those role players are unbelievable. They are feisty. They get after it. They got eight to nine really great coaches. I mean, they got a former D1 head coach at the end of their bench. You know, and just they just um are fun to watch. You know, and we don't have any kids on that team, but that's my favorite team to watch. You know, just because the style of play that they have um, on the girls' side. I mean, it's just Hortonville is is oh. uh, is <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to beat those girls, and I've seen them play a lot. So you know, that those would be my two um, favorites that I would think would win it. All right, that's good stuff. We could go on and on
0: about why why sectionals are the way they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Max was talking yeah. about some tweets where he's got some coaches <laughs> a little bit. Work on Both the game plan. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, well, it's not you can do now. I mean, you just gotta go out there and do the best that you can. I mean, obviously there's computer generated stuff and and formulas the, but, out
2: there. The computer is fine. Don't tell me that a bunch i'm a coach so i know right like don't tell me a bunch of coaches in like a round table setting like this wouldn't get anything done either because <laughs> right. they'd just be arguing <laughs> yeah. and we would get nothing yeah
1: yeah and that's what it was uh, yeah before it i mean people got screwed out of that process so too. there's always something to it's always about. something um but the game is the game you got to go out there and prepare regardless of who you're facing now it's more so how can we win what's in front of us
0: cool well as we wrap up i just want to because we're thanking the 2024s I just want to thank everybody that does listen to this podcast yeah share uh I think this will be our 11th 10th or 11th episode there we go and we've Let's had keep some, it rolling. we've had some pretty good good stuff here and I know we got some pretty good stuff coming up yep also in the future so thanks a lot everybody for listening and have a good day